Let's read Psalm 32 together. Psalm 32, a psalm of David, well-known psalm that he wrote after his repentance over his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. Our text will be verse 7. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve my soul, preserve me from trouble, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Our text this morning is verse 7. Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from trouble, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Beloved of God, the theme of this marvelous psalm is right there in verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. The truly blessed in this life, says the psalmist David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is not merely those who have wealth untold or who have position of great power and influence, but the truly blessed in this world are those whose sins are forgiven. David had wealth untold. And David had a position of great power and influence. But when he did not experience the forgiveness of his sins, even though he had those things as much as he ever did, he was a miserable, miserable man. And he speaks about that at the beginning of this psalm. When I kept silence, when I did not confess my sin with Bathsheba and my murder of Uriah, which confession is the way unto by faith, knowing 
this forgiveness. When I didn't do that, when I held on to my sin and did not confess it, and thus did not know the forgiveness of my sin, I was miserable. My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. Day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was turned into the drought of summer misery. But when, by the grace of God, through the word coming to him, through Nathan the prophet, striking him down in his mind and heart and soul, David was brought to humble confession and repentance, and the floods of grace, forgiveness came in upon him. It was better to him than anything in all the world. This is what it means to be blessed. And now he's rejoicing over what he's found in verses 6 and 7. And exalting in it. Have you confessed your sins and I mine? Coming to the table of the Lord this morning? There is a crisis moment, isn't there, in confession of sin? certainly true in confessing to others, but even in confessing to him, there's a kind of crisis moment because of the risk factor involved in that. If I open myself up and say what this really is all the way and hide nothing and admit everything, what is he going to do? Is he going to reject me? When one by grace, as it were, jumps over that cliff and abandons all other self-preservation and simply confesses, opens up oneself in the ugliness and nakedness of one's sin before God, the wings of the Spirit lift one up to the heights of joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the text this morning is that joy. It's the exaltation, the communion, the fellowship of a forgiven sinner who has turned to God and not away from Him in confessing and repenting of his sins and has found in God a hiding place. Thou art my hiding place is the theme, the confession first, second, the confidence, and third, the companionship. There's three phrases in our text, verse 7. And I'd like you to notice that the first phrase of that text is in the present tense. It's a confession about something David knows in the present. Thou art my hiding place. And then the next two phrases of verse 7 are a confession about the future. Thou shalt save me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. The first statement then is the fundamental conviction that David has about his God. Thou art my hiding place. And the next two phrases speak about what David knows he's going to find, what he knows he's going to experience when he goes into that hiding place, when I go into thee, the hiding place, I know this is what I'm going to discover. 
Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. And when I go in there, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. But what are we talking about here? You don't need a hiding place, right? I don't need a hiding place, right? We're adults. Maybe the children here do, but... Children, if they play hide and seek, they have a hiding place. Hiding places are are for kids. This is a kid's game. Or if they hear a clap of thunder, then they go run to a hiding place. But, but we're so much more mature than that. In fact, it's one of the most marvelous and most fundamental confessions that the children of God make in the Psalms that God is their hiding place. They have a hiding place, and that the hiding place is God alone. And it should be our confession here this morning, young and old alike. Psalm 119, verse 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. Psalm 91, verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is, he that dwelleth in the secret place, which is the Most High. The Most High is my secret place, my hiding place. Psalm 31, verse 20, Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. The hiding place, again, is God's own presence. And the point in that scriptural confession is that God is the place of safety. That's what a hiding place is, right? It's a place of safety. When the children go run to their hiding place at a clap of thunder, it's a place of safety for them. They feel safe there when they're afraid of the thunder. And safety is the root meaning of that word, hiding place, in this text and in other psalms. It's a place to hide, but specifically in the original language, a place to hide for safety. And when that big storm came through a couple of months ago and landed a tree upon my house, it was not only my children that ran downstairs and hid underneath the staircase. But how much more when we need a place of safety for our souls? David is using that storm idea. He's thinking of that as an illustration that points to the need of safety for the soul. Verse 6 Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. In the Israelite wilderness, there were deep, deep ravines that were cut into the sandstone so that 
on both sides of these narrow ravines was hard rock so that when a storm came, it would often bring flash floods that would bring water into that ravine, come running, rushing through that ravine. And if you were in one of those ravines in between the sandstone walls, you are in grave danger. They needed to climb to a higher place when they saw a storm coming. Usually a cave, a cave that was a bit higher in the sandstone rock, and that was the hiding place, the place of safety in the storm. And so too the soul, David says, needs a hiding place when the floods of guilt come thundering down upon that soul. And David confesses here the truth of which his own son Solomon will later write in Proverbs 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. God Himself is the hiding place of the soul. But what a contrast this statement is, this conviction that David has about God is in comparison to the way he experiences God at the beginning of this very psalm. Where God is anything but a hiding place to David. Where he's speaking of God's heavy hand upon him. As it were, driving him into the ground. Where he speaks of God, as it were, sucking the life out of his soul so that he's dried up. When he would not confess his sins. And then after being broken, humbled, confessing, repenting. It is this same God who now David confesses is the place of safety. That these sovereign arms that were once pushing heavy down upon me are now surrounding me and keeping me. That this holiness of this God that once frightened me now protects me. That His truth that once condemned me and exposed me now vindicates me. And so whereas once I ran from Him, now I'm coming close to Him and I'm hiding in Him. I'm finding in Him protection. And I know I'm safe. So that David confesses here not only that God is a hiding place, or one among many hiding places that He has, but that God is His one and only hiding place. Thou art my, my hiding place, my one hiding place. Is he yours? Is he mine? Where do you run for safety for your soul? Because you run somewhere. And I run somewhere. It's not an option of either a hiding place or no hiding place. Even as adults, children, even the adults, need a hiding place and run to a hiding place. It's a question of which one. Is it alcohol? Is it work and work and more work? 
Is it lust? Fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, is that your hiding place? That I run to this when I feel pressed in my soul or, or feel bad about something in my soul or guilty about something in my soul and this gives me a sense of peace and safety around me. Is it your good deeds that you find a refuge in something that you feel like can make up for the thing that you did that makes you feel bad in your soul. This will be the strong tower about me. This will be my hiding place that will keep me safe. Is it food? Is it another person? Is it the feeling of control over the people around you that that's really what you're running to for your hiding place, your place of safety? for your soul? Is it cleaning over and over again even though it's clean already because I can't control the other things in my life but I can control this and this makes me feel safe? Is it spending? I'm going to buy my way into safety and I feel good when I buy all these new things around me and that's how I get the sense of safety for my soul. Is it endless denial about troubles that are going on? I'm not going to look at it, not going to look at it. This is troublesome, and by doing this, I feel like I build a hiding place about myself I can run into and be safe. Where do you run for safety for your soul? David didn't always run to God. He ran to other things. And he only finally ran to Jehovah God because David finally understood that the great trouble from which he needed protection was his own sin and the guilt due to him for that sin. When he says that in this hiding place, He's preserved from trouble. The trouble is specifically the trouble for sin. It's guilt and the consequences of sin as the context of the psalm makes perfectly clear. But you see, when the perceived trouble for David was something else, when his perceived trouble was not that trouble, when, when that wasn't the heart of his problem in his mind, he didn't run to God as his hiding place. When the great trouble of David's life in his perception was that he didn't have what he wanted, that there was some longing in him that he wanted to fulfill, some desires that he wanted satisfied, then he ran to Bathsheba as his hiding place. And when the great trouble in David's life was making sure that nobody found out his secret, Then he ran to murder as his great hiding place. That will preserve me. And the great trouble David thought in his life was maintaining his sense of pride in himself. Then he ran to the hiding place of convincing himself of his kingly rights. I'm the king. I deserve this. I can do this if I want to do this. It's justified. When the great 
trouble of David's life was figuring out how to have his cake and to eat it too, then God was not the hiding place to which he would run. But when by grace he faced the real need, his real trouble, the great danger, a trouble that would not go away and that nothing else could protect him from, then God became the one and only hiding place for his soul. As David's guilty conscience testified to him every day that he deserved the judgment of God, and then as the word of the prophet came to him, you are the man, by your own word you deserve to die, David, not merely physically, but eternally. And finally that trouble became the trouble. And David broke in humble confession and made God his hiding place. Was there anything of that with you and with me in this past week of self-examination? That you came to see the great trouble you are in by your own sin. And you come here knowing you need a hiding place. This morning and every morning that is this hiding place that your great trouble is that you are guilty by nature before God and deserve nothing but death before him, then the one and only hiding place to which you will flee is this one that is set out here before you. Because in this is Christ. Fleeing to God as the hiding place. One is preserved from trouble, as David knew, because in this God is Christ. The Christ who gives himself to secure and preserve the souls of his people from the floods of the Waves of wrath that would overwhelm them for their sin. Who takes that flood of wrath upon his own self upon the cross so that not one drop of it comes to the children of Jehovah God. The one whose body was broken and blood poured out for the eternal safety of the souls of the people of God. To take away their guilt. To give them peace with God and praise unto God. That makes this God a strong hiding place. How many times, children, don't you run to your hiding place and you think it's so great, but then you find out it really wasn't that great? Somebody found you after about 10 seconds. It's not as strong of a hiding place as you thought. That never happens here. This hiding place is impenetrable. How often adults don't we discover that our other hiding places are not what we thought they were going to be. They don't preserve us from trouble. They don't give the protection and the peace and the satisfaction that we sought. 
run into that cave and it's full of vipers. It turns out to be a cardboard box. It can prevent nothing of the floods of waters rising up and taking us over. But this hiding place is strong and secure as God in Jesus Christ takes all those floods of wrath, bears it all away. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble when I enter this hiding place. I know it, David says, the trouble of guilt and all the other troubles of my life too, the pressures, the difficulties, all of that, because in Jesus Christ, all of that is for me and not against me. Don't run away from him this morning. Run to him, beloved, to him. And isn't that the beauty of the Reformed understanding of the soul's preparation for the Lord's Supper. That in a week of self-examination, maybe at some point we feel like David felt in the first part of this psalm. Thy hand was heavy upon me as we see our sin and the guilt due to us for it. But instead of running away from this God, we are called to come to Him and run into Him to be safe. We hide from Him in Him. We hide from His wrath in Him, in His grace in Christ. Run there. Hide there this morning. That you might make David's confession your own. Thou art my hiding place. Not just David's hiding place. And not just a hiding place, but mine. One that I run into for safety for my soul. If you see a storm coming in the Israelite wilderness, and you see that cave up there, hiding place, you can't just say, well, I see it there, And it looks safe. So I'm at peace down here. There's an entering, a going into. And by faith this morning, enter into the hiding place in your soul. Come to him in brokenness and repentance, opening yourself up to all of it. And find there strength, Forgiveness, safety. And when you do, you know what you will discover? You'll discover, though you didn't see it at first, because you came in there alone in your soul. You discover you're not alone in this cave. You're not the only one who has run here. There are others who have come here and made God their hiding place too. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. And then this, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Who is singing this song of deliverance? These songs, plural, of deliverance. It's not David. David is the one who's being compassed about with these songs of deliverance. It isn't God. These are songs of deliverance. The songs, the content of which 
is singing about being delivered. God does not need to be delivered. These are songs that other saints are singing who have also come into this hiding place and are surrounding David when he comes in here and finds this God, his great safety. That's marvelous. So that this psalm that is very individual and personal and is focusing on me and my relationship to Jehovah God all of a sudden opens up to the collective. And it's highly possible that David is thinking specifically of going to the temple. Of coming to the temple with a broken and a contrite heart that hiding place where God was found in the Old Testament, where David could see the sacrifice that was made for sin, preserving him from the trouble of his guilt, and where he at once heard the songs of deliverance sung by the other saints there who were coming to that hiding place too and appealing to that blood and finding there safety for the soul. And if that's so, then how similar to what is before you this morning and around you this morning, beloved. That you come to the hiding place, the true sacrifice for sin, His body broken and His blood poured out before you here and you come with faith. I need this. This is the safety for my soul. And know that He will preserve you from the trouble of your guilt and all of the terrible, terrible effects of that sin that would come upon you. And you'll find your soul lifted up in joy as you hear the voices of others around you singing out of their heart, having come to the same hiding place, singing songs now of deliverance. I've been delivered. Come, beloved. Hide yourself in Him. Amen. Father, bless Thy Word to our hearing. And now as we partake of the sacrament, and we come in faith, in Jesus' name, Amen.